Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, Faith FM. Of course, the reason um, I am talking right now, this is Lawson by the way, is because Lyle is currently away and so uh, yeah, I get to do the intro and make fun of him by just repeating all the words that he usually says. But um, welcome to Faith FM <laughs> and welcome here this morning to our special guest host. Who are you? Hello, I'm Jasmine. Hello, Jasmine. <laughs> Hello. Where are you from, Jasmine? I, I work at Raymond Terrace Mission. With you, Lawson. Hello. <laughs> hey. Good morning, Jasmine. And uh, what are you grateful for this morning? Oh, I'm really grateful for the sky outside, actually. Yeah. We're kind of making fun of it earlier, but it's really pretty. And it was nice getting up early to come and meet you guys and look at the sky. It was really good. That is awesome. <laughs> of course, I am incredibly grateful this morning for you, Jasmine. The reason why is that, um, yeah, Lyle was just like, oh, not going to be here if I did find someone else to uh, co-host the show and I kind of left it super late and <laughs> <laughs> like sort of last night calling a bunch of people being like, yeah, oh, hey, you good for radio and the majority of them were either at uh, ministers meetings that are currently happening or, you know, couldn't come because of uni or class or whatever. So, Jasmine, for you yeah, to step up to that. the plate <laughs> last minute. Thank you so much. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. Or of course, we are continuing on with our final week here at Faith FM, um, final week of radio. And there's a number of giveaways that we are giving away because of that. We have the Alpine Village giveaway in Jindamai. We are giving yes. away two free holidays. Two free holidays to the Alpine Village um, in Jindabyne, the Adventist Alpine Village. So if you want to be a part of that, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you'll be entered into the draw to win one of two Alpine Village holidays. So please, 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 please give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and uh, we'll be able to, uh, to, yeah, to get you on um, to this giveaway, and it'll be amazing. Of course, as well, in the next couple of days, we're going to be having our Friday farewell show. It's going to be amazing. Um, but right now, thanks for tuning in this morning. We're going to continue on with our show. This is Johnny Cash with Belshazzar. Bible tells us about a man who ruled Babylon and all its land. Around the city he built a wall and declared that Babylon would never fall. He had concubines and wives, he called his Babylon paradise. On his throne he drank and ate, but for Belshazzar it was getting late. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His houses were built upon the sand. Well, the people feasted and drank their wine and praised the false gods of his time. All holy things they scorned and mocked, but suddenly all their mocking stopped. For on the wall there appeared a hand, nothing else, there was no man in blood. And begin to write, and Belshazzar couldn't hide his fright. 
for he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His houses were built upon the sand. Well, no one around could understand what was written by the mystic hand. Belshazzar tried but couldn't find a man who could give him peace of mind. But Daniel the prophet, the man of God, he saw the writing on the wall in blood. Belshazzar asked him what it said, and Daniel turned to the wall and read. My friend, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided, it can't stand. You're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your houses are built upon the sand. Welcome back to Faith of Him. That was Johnny Cash with Belshazzar. Absolute classic. Just a banger. Sure. What, what we call a, a steering wheel slapper to start the morning. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, driving to work, or maybe listening from home, we're hoping you're having a fantastic morning. Um, but of course, we are going to get into our first clue of the quiz. Could you give that to us, Jasmine? Alrighty. So this is a Who Am I quiz. Uh-huh. And our first clue is my three eldest sons, uh, Eliab, Aminadab, and Shammah, or also known as... Shimia. Who is it, Lawson? Oh, do I know who it is? I've heard. Do, can he guess? I. Am I incorrect? You are incorrect. Oh, no. Is that okay? That means we're up for double prizes. Oh, sweet. Okay, so if you want this prize, te- text us or give us a call on 1-800-324-324. 843, and you will be in to win the one-minute pocket Bible for oh, yes. business professionals. This looks legendary. This is the one-minute pocket Bible for business professionals designed to create instant access to scriptural solutions. It has more than 450 scriptures on over 100 topics. That is awesome. So yes. you're just on the go. If you're a business person, if you're driving right now, like early in the morning to your job, and you're like, oh, man, I would love if I had a one-minute pocket <laughs> yes. well, then Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you'll get that prize completely for free. All right, Jasmine, what's going on in good news this morning? Okay, I want to let you know uh-huh. that we are currently on the final segment of the Katmai National Park and Preserve National Fat Bear Week, where you get to vote on the fattest bears at this particular (laughs) reserve. So apparently we've already had, I think, five rounds, and we're down to the final two bears, 775 Lefty and 435 Holly are currently the fattest bears, so you can go on to their page and like what you think is the fattest bear. Oh, dude, Kane? So why, like, is this is this something that happens every single year, like uh, a festival for the hub? I think so. I think they just go and they take a look and they're like, oh, that bear's pretty pretty fat, and they put it in the running to win the, the National Fat Bear Week. Dude. 
Yes. Oh man, that's awesome. So, so what? What's the page called that we can we could vote on who is the fattest bear? Okay, look, I'm pretty sure you just look up Fat Bear Week and you'll find <laughs> and you it. You just like, find it. Is that on Facebook? It is on Facebook, but I think they have. Um, yeah, they have some articles in the news, so you'll find it somewhere. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if we just look up, you know, fattest bear, cat my national park we'll find we'll be able to vote on the fattest bear yeah yep. who do you reckon the fattest bear is oh i don't know looking at him i'm gonna say 775 lefty yeah. they had to they each had to make it through a couple rounds of getting voted through oh, to make so it these, to this these so are like these the are the, the fattest bears <laughs> it also gives you a little description on some of their like qualities why they're so fat i think 775 lefty doesn't even get up to go fishing he just sits at the side of the river and just and tries just, to reach in. Just hangs out. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's awesome. That's <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty legendary. <clears throat> it's awesome. Okay, and what else is going on? Found out this morning that coastal living is linked with better mental health. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about a little bit yesterday um, about how water is linked with better mental health. You're happy if you drink more water. But this is saying coastal living Exactly. Well. This is just the extension of that. And it's particularly for poorer homeowners. So this hits very, very close to home for me. I grew up in Canberra, completely <laughs> landlocked city. And, um, and now I've moved up here to Newcastle and I'm hitting the surf and it's a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that, so when was this statistic done? Like what, what's going on there? Um, yeah, there's actually, there's been a number of, um, different surveys analysis done over a, over a significant period, but this is actually, these studies were all done in England. Mm-hmm. So even with the English weather, they're still getting better mental health down at the coast. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you want to be happier, move to the coast. That's the solution. Of course, we were saying the, the solution to happiness yesterday is ultimately Jesus. Yeah. Like yeah. Jesus is like Amen. ultimately the solution to happiness. But there's a number of things you can do. You can drink more water. Exactly. Jesus spent time at the beach, Lawson. His whole ministry was along the coast. Oh, there you Almost. <laughs> almost. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a stretch. Look, he taught by the sea. Okay. 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 Well, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. That's awesome. Well, yeah, if you want to live a better life, well, then just hang out on the coast. Check this out. I have a, I have a cool, funny little story um, about how apparently there's a thing now. Have you ever heard of a doctor dog? No. Okay, so there are these dogs that are super cute. They're, like, amazing. Oh, and they have the ability to successfully detect cancer, malaria, and Parkinson's disease and other health issues that humans struggle with. That's incredible. So they're just like these dogs that have been trained in some way. There's this one particular one. It's a little Pomeranian. It's named Sugar, but it's spelled like (laughs) S-H-U-G-G-A, Sugar. And this dog, just like people who have Parkinson's Parkinson's disease, and like help them. Yeah, that's impressive. This is amazing. Good on you, Sugar. Like as in a way of like, you know... um, early determining like whether someone has Parkinson's disease or or cancer or, or whatever um yeah these dogs are just amazing and it's one of t- uh, sugar is one of 21 dogs of various sizes and various breeds that detect Parkinson's disease um which you know you know is a, a nervous system dis- disorder um but yeah this is like these dogs that come from this non-profit organization from San Juan Island in Washington state in, in America and I'm just like 
this is amazing. This is like, <laughs> this is the greatest, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, you know, we use dogs for a number of different uses, you know, in Australia particularly, we have like, you know, cattle dogs mm. and then there are seeing eye dogs. Now I have doctor dogs. They just like diagnose people with yes, diseases and winners. help them. This is like, oh, this is, this is just, this is beyond, this yeah. is beyond reality. This I mean, if you could choose between going to see a human and a dog. I don't know. I reckon I know what most people would choose there. <laughs> it's like go hang out, you know, do a do a do a doctor's appointment, or go and hang out with a dog and just pet it, and then it just barks at you because you have a disease. Oh, I don't know. That would be a pretty conflicting yeah, experience. Um, but yeah, there's a number of other dogs that um, also have the ability to um, detect cancer, as they can somehow like sniff it out in your human tissue. It's wild, but it's amazing, like, the, the abilities that these these different dogs have. Um, and simply, the fact is, like, I'll show you the picture. They're just the cutest dogs. They're just, like, the best. <laughs> and they're just hanging out, and they just go around and just, like, sniff people and play Aww, with them. that's adorable. And then, yeah, and then you get your diseases found out, and so... Like, especially because this is a non-for-profit um, organization as well, I could imagine that it's relatively cheap and it's, you know, they're doing just an amazing um, work. They also have, you know, diabetic alert dogs. Um, they, 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 particularly in this, in that case, they use uh, Labradors. But yeah, there's just like, it is just, it's actually a growing industry at the moment. Um, and say what? We, you know, we've also seen dogs in the medical field as well as, you know, people uh, using dogs for recovery and depression and, that, and, and, and anxiety and loneliness and that kind of thing. But, like, I don't think I would ever expect a dog to have a practical use, like being able to detect, uh, tech disease, detect yeah. diseases. Do they have to go through a lot of training, do, does it say? Yeah, to yeah, do yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they go through, like, a number of years of, of different very specific training um, to be able to get the ability to, to, to smell and detect these kinds of diseases, um, which you would expect, like, it'd be pretty difficult. Like, <laughs> like, I, I'm just thinking like, you know, the way we diagnose different diseases as humans is by looking at the certain symptoms. Like we're like, oh yeah. So this person has like, you know, if they have cancer, you will we'll do a blood mm, test yeah. and they'll yeah. come back with a low white blood cell count or something like that. It's like, oh, these dogs just smell. <laughs> like, oh, they just sniff. Like, that's, that's awesome. Like, I, it is. I seriously don't even know how that works. But it just goes to show that, like, dogs just really are man's best friend. I know that we, we, have, a, yeah. we have a little bit of uh, maybe debate here on the radio because, um, well, <laughs> Lyle is just, like, hates cats. He's like, <laughs> nah, dogs are man's best friend. Cats are trash. No, like cats shouldn't eat this. Oh, that's that's like, a bit rough. Like it's a bit rough, but he's just like, yep, they're a pest. Um, and it's like this is uh, this article is something that's heavily uh, falling into his favour. Anyway, now continuing on with the show, this is Chelsea Moon with "Come Thou Fount." Every blessing to my heart to see. 
safely to arrive at home. Jesus saw me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger. He bought me with his precious blood. To Faith FM, we are continuing on to uh, we continue on in our show to some more news. But before we do, we have another clue for the quiz, I believe. We do have another clue for the quiz. So just to recap, if you want to have take a guess at who this is, you can call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred Faith FM, or give us a text on o four nine one o six four. Six six nine. Awesome. So you can get in touch with those numbers if you know the answer to this quiz and you'll get uh, the One Minute Pocket Bible the, completely for free. Yeah, the One Minute Pocket Bible. It actually looks like an amazing book. It's authored, presented by Mike Murdoch, who's a best-selling author. So good on go. him. Awesome. Alrighty, All right, second clue. clue is I was invited by Samuel to the town sacrifice along with the town en- town elders. By Samuel. Mm-hmm. He was invited. Do you think you know who this is? Let us know. Is... No. I'm incorrect. No. Okay, Wilson, well, that is incorrect. I, I, I'm like, I had a fear. I'm like, that's not correct. But I'm just like, who are all, who are all the people who Samuel hang, hung out with? <laughs> yeah. what's, what's, what's going on with Samuel? Okay. Oh, man, I'm going to get this one eventually, hopefully. Because if I don't, then there's double cr- prizes. But, of course, we hope that you guys get double prizes because double prizes is always good. Yeah. And we have a lot to uh, give away. But now let's get into some let's get into some things happening around Australia. I think the first thing to talk about, of course, is the uh, the gnarly bushfires that are currently happening mm. happening in North and New South Wales, um, up in Casino. Um, 
as many as twenty homes now have been have been destroyed as a as a result of this as a result of this uh, bushfire. Um, you know, these are around the the areas of uh, casino um, homes in the village of Rapville, for example, which is like this area is super rural. Like, you know, these are some towns that have like two hundred and fifty. People oh, wow. in, like like to put that in perspective, Raymond Terrace, where where we are right now, which is considered a relatively small and rural town, that has like what fifteen thousand, twenty thousand people. Oh wow! And so yeah. a, a town with two hundred and fifty people, these uh, towns are just tiny, and they're just being smashed by the um, fire. Um, unfortunately, you know, a number of people losing their homes, but uh, um, you know, it's good to see people uh, in that circumstance they're they're being quite encouraging and and um, they're getting a lot of support you know GoFundMes are being started and there's already thousands yeah. of dollars being donated for example one of them uh, one of the go GoFundMes was started by uh um the daughter of a man named john duncan he's 83 years old his daughter started a GoFundMe um to to help you know um uh Re, you know, help help this guy out after he's lost, he's completely lost his home in the fire. I um, mean, it's already raised about five thousand dollars. So people are just really rallying around this thing and, and really helping people out, as as often happens in Australia. You know, yeah. when tragedies like these, this when tragedies like that happen. Um, but something else interesting that's going on in the mor- at the morning morning in at the moment um, is is the current climate change protest that we have. Of course, this is climate change Ooh, week. Yeah. We're in the midst of climate change week, and every single day, um, climate change activists from different groups um, are focusing on a on a particular thing. And yesterday, it was bees. Uh, <laughs> yesterday well, it was bees and uh, I, I've spoken about bees on Faith FM a number of times about the struggles that we're having with dying bees um, and whatnot, and how actually there are ways in which you can support the bees um, One, oh, I, really? we saw one study where um, you can fill up a, a spoon with sugar and water and leave it on like your front veranda and the bees will come and be able to like drink the sugar and the water and like get the nutrients that they need to be strong healthy bees and continue to pollinate plants and do oh, all that stuff awesome. so so there are ways that we can uh you know effectively you know practically help the bees just in and of our own lives and circle of influence but of course there's sort of a bigger kind of um institutional going problem going on here that that you know there's a there's a climate problem that's happening where you know a great deal of the bees are dying um and you know there are some projections that are like oh they could go extinct by this point which obviously is terrible um for a couple reasons one if we didn't have bees the world would just completely die and secondarily you know um one of the most important things about bees is that if you don't have bees well then you don't have pollination if you don't have pollination well then you don't have flowers if you don't have flowers well then you don't have crops if you don't have crops, then you don't have wheat. If you don't have wheat, you don't have bread. And of course, if you do not have bread, well, then you don't have garlic bread. Oh. And so we need to save the bees, save the garlic bread, like as as is our our right and our, okay. our duty is. So if there's ever a reason. That's it right there. Um, but yeah, oh, something interesting like about, you know, we, but we're talking about this in the light of the climate protesters down in Sydney. And of course, there's been a lot of contention about this, uh, about these climate protests. Um, and already, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, um, um, 
of people have been arrested because of the climate protests. Um, and that's because of the stuff they're doing. For example, um, in Sydney, in like the CBD, a number of people dressed up as bees, a couple hundred people, they dressed up as bees and decided that they would uh, do an effective protest by laying in the middle of, you know, uh, footpaths and streets and whatnot, blocking traffic um, so that they could get their message across. And it's, yeah, it's kind of like, man, is this really supporting the bees? Yeah. Like, if anything... How helpful can that be? Yeah, how really helpful can that be? And I, I guess, you know, the intention behind it is like, oh, we're going to shock people into into helping out the bees. We're going to shock people into helping out the bees. But, of course, like, it just kind of, in my mind, it's like, well, I don't know. I haven't... There's there's very few things that have been successful because of that kind of mm. heavy shock. I think people like to be inspired, yeah. And and rather than you know shocking people by laying in the middle of the street, you know, I would I would like how compelling would it be if if instead of laying in the middle of the street for the government to do, you know do some kind of action, make some kind of action on climate change that would help the bees? Imagine like starting some kind of non for profit organization like the dogs do. Yeah, you start some yes. kind of non for profit organization uh, where you have the intention to help the bees and you go out of your way to, to actually do something about it. Like there would be so many people who would support that. Yeah. You know, we're seeing things like, for example, uh, it talks about ocean rescue and how they've they've just gone about like the, you know they've they've gathered together a number of scientists and groups and they're like, look, we're an organization. We want to do this. We want to clean up the Pacific garbage patch. We need money to do so. We have the tech, you know, we have the ideas and the technology to do so. Help us. And then they've been crowdfunded like millions of dollars, mm. even by governments. And now they're doing it. They're cleaning up the Pacific Island, you know, Pacific Ocean garbage patch. And so I think for a lot of these close, you know, climate change activists, it's like, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's like in doing nothing, okay, laying in the middle of the street, they think they're achieving something. Yeah, well, it seems to be the go-to method at the moment. Like yeah. everyone, oh, we've got a we've got a something to fight for. Let's lie on the road. Let's lie on the road. Let's walk out of school. Let's like <laughs> just all these. Yeah. It's it's kind of like it's super counterintuitive. I think you know to to disrupt everything for the sake of like, oh man, it would just work so much better if someone showed us a solution of like, oh, hey, check it out. Like we can like live and be normal human beings while simultaneously taking care of the things that are, <laughs> you know, are falling apart like our climate. So, so yeah, that's my two cents anyway. That's my <laughs> advice. Um, finally, I just wanted to talk about something that was just really interesting to me. So um, there's a lady um, from Iran. Her name is Sahataba. Uh, which is a very typical Iranian name. And she blew up a couple of years ago um, over... She had drastic plastic surgery to her face um, to make herself look like Angelina Jolie. And the plastic surgery surgery was less than successful. Um, it, was, Ooh, it was like cool. a real rough gig. Um, and, and, and it kind of blew up virally about, you know, like the, the lengths that people will go to, to try and achieve some kind of level of beauty um, and how this woman had just, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of sad. But she actually kind of turned it around in, in a way by like she decided like to just take it on the chin and, you know, instead like she posts all this stuff on Instagram about how she's like, you know, she dresses herself up in makeup to make herself look like a zombie and like all this stuff. But anyway, cool. the point is um, that I'm getting at is that she's actually been arrested um, oh. by the state of Iran, where she's from, um, for blasphemy. For blasphemy, uh, yeah. So, so this okay. is this is wild. So basically, um, 
she's committed, according to T- Tehran's guidance court, you know, we know Tehran to be the, uh, the capital of Iran. Uh, um, uh, according to Tehran's guidance court, she's been uh, arrested for cultural crimes uh, and social and moral corruption. Essentially, Iran as an Islamic state, they don't uh, s- uh, subscribe or support the act of, you know, getting plastic surgery and then on top of that, y- using it to-, to flaunt it around. And so, yeah, <laughs> she's been charged with uh, blasphemy um, in the way that, you know, uh, in, the, in the Muslim faith, they believe that we're made by God. Um, and so they're like, oh, yeah, you've altered the image of God. And so, yeah, that's blasphemous. Wow. So that's heavy. Uh, <laughs> that's like a heavy thing to think about. Right now, this is Jars of Play, If I Stand. There's more that rises in the morning than the sun And more that shines in the night than just the moon There's more than just this fire here that keeps me warm In a shelter that is larger than this room And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiment And a music higher than the songs that I can sing Stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things So if I stand, let me stand on the promise You'll pull me through And if I can't, let me fall on the grace That first brought me to you If I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. And if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. There's more that dances on the prairies than the wind, and more that pulses in the ocean than the tide. There's a love that's fiercer than the love between friends More gentle than a mother's when her baby's at her side And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiment And a music higher than the songs that I can sing The stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things so if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you'll pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. And if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. If I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. So if I stand, let me stand on the promise you'll pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. If I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. But if I 
Welcome back to Faith FM. We are continuing on with our show and we've come to our interview time. But before we get into our interview, uh, we have another clue for the quiz, Jasmine. What is that? We have another clue. The next clue is, I am an Ephrathite from Bethlehem in Judah. (laughs) Is that going to help you? He thinks he knows it. If you know it, give us a text on 0491. Oh six four six six nine. Did I get it? Hey, yeah, yes. and <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So no double prizes up for grabs today. But um, what, what's the number that they can? Yeah, call? yeah, yeah. Well, if you still know it, you can text us on that number or call us on one eight hundred three two four eight four three one eight hundred Faith FM. So awesome. Give us a call and you'll get the one minute pocket Bible completely for free. But now we've come to our uh, interview section and we have our special guest here to interview Sven Ostring. You there, Sven? I am indeed, Lawson. Good to be back with you guys. Oh, awesome. And so, Sven, why, why aren't you with us in the studio at the moment? What are you up to now? Well, I'm actually sitting beside the road, um, way up, well, not way up, but um, up towards Stewart's Point, halfway oh, nice. up the North New South Wales coast. And um, yeah, so, so every so often there, there are cars driving by beside me, so uh, you might hear the, that roar go by, but um, <laughs> that's the reason I'm out of the, out of the country at the moment. So yeah, it's been really good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, so essentially what we're going to talk about today is something that is incredibly um, profound, amazing, and important. Our interview today is about the lines of evidence in uh, in relation to the resurrection of Jesus. Why, why are we talking about this kind of thing? Well, it's it's so important. I remember when I was in England, I, I got asked the question, where is the evidence for God? Mm. And, and it's something that, you know, a lot of us really sort of think about and wonder about. I mean, you know, we've we've never we've never seen God himself. We've never like you know uh, touched him physically, and, and so we go, you know, is there is there actually a God, or is is this a bit you know kind of make believe, so to speak? Yeah. And um, look, you know, there, there's a lot of good lines of evidence, and and also we've been talking about this, um, you know, with the other uh, breakfast show hosts over the last you know months uh, in this year, but. Uh, we've come to a really important one, and that is uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And and honestly, Lawson and uh, Jasmine, I have found uh, that if you want the key to the um, to the, uh, the the question of whether God exists, then the resurrection of Jesus is the key. It's it's really really amazing. So you can, if you want to say, okay, I'm going to dive into this subject. And I'm just going to study it and, and uh, research it and, and figure this question out. You'll come to the end of it, as we will uh, do in this interview, and you go like, wow, that's mm. amazing. It all points towards Jesus actually existing. And I, mm. I find it so, so really exciting. 
That that's amazing. Of course, before we get into the lines of evidence, I just want to ask the question: What is our motivation to do so? Like, why does the resurrection of Jesus need to have happened? I know a lot of people who say, "Oh, yeah, Jesus existed in, in terms of his uh, historical existence." No one denies that. They're like, "Oh, he's a great man. You know, he he was a good teacher." But why do we specifically need to prove the resurrection happened? Well, listen, the reason is that we all are looking for hope um, in life. We're looking for meaning. We're looking for uh, purpose as well. And the fact is this, is that if this life is all that we have, uh, if it's just, you know, 50, 60 years, if we're we're really lucky, um, maybe, you know, 25 years if we, we hit the proverbial bus or whatever, um, then and then life is over for us. And if the sun runs out of energy, if the universe, uh, you know, heads into its big freeze, then basically what that means is that ultimately everything that we do in lives, all of the interviews that you've done on, on Faith FM, um, all of the, uh, you know, the, the papers that I've written, uh, all of it actually comes out as, as meaningless. There, there's no mm. point to it. And so somehow deep down in our hearts, we recognize this. And so we, we are asking ourselves, is there meaning? Is there something beyond death itself as well? Mm. And so one of that being one of the most important questions in life, um, the resurrection of Jesus answers that question in a very definite and historical way. Oh, wow. It is not just abstract and theoretical and sort of like, well, maybe, maybe not, you know, all those kinds of, we can go back to it and say, hang on a minute, did this actually happen? And if, if that actually happened, mm. then it gives us hope, meaning, and purpose for our lives as well. Mm. Oh, that is amazing. Well, on the back of that, let's just jump into the to the to the lines of evidence. Where will we start when it's like, oh, you know, so how can we how can we see that the resurrection is something that that really happened historically? Yes, yes. So what we do is we dive into the the best biographies that we have about Jews. Now we have historical information in Josephus and Tacitus, uh, Pliny the Younger, Suetonius, and and people like that. But that's just kind of like comments that, that confirm that he existed, that mm-hmm. he, he died on the cross, that, that Pilate was the person that crucified him in terms of being the governor at that time. But we have to go to the, uh, to the biographies, and we find those amongst the New Testament uh, documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was four, four Gospels, and uh, with, um, you know, down through history, they've, they've got the names of the people that wrote them, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What we do is let's dive into those biographies, and let's just consider that they, they're records of the life of a person called Jesus, and, and let's just do a bit of digging. So when we dig into those biographies, we find, first of all, there's um, consistent uh, reports that Jesus' body was taken down by the cross, from the cross, I should say, and um, he was put in the tomb. And there was two people that did that. It was Joseph of Arimathea and also Nicodemus who did that. Mm. Uh, so they asked, they went to Pilate, they asked him for the body, and they took it down and they put in Joseph of Arimathea's uh, tomb. Now, the thing is that, you know, if you went to Sunday school or Sabbath school uh, when you were younger, then you might have heard those names. So they kind of are fairly... Familiar, if you understand your Bible, if you haven't mm. studied your Bible for a while, 
or you didn't go to Sunday school or didn't go to Anglican school, um, you probably haven't heard of them. But let's let's identify who they were. These guys were members of the Sanhedrin, so they were members of Parliament. Uh, say down, you know, like down in Canberra, uh, there were MPs. So these guys were really famous people. Now, if you were writing a, if you were fabricating the story of Jesus' resurrection, what you would do is you wouldn't single out the names of real MPs and say that they were the ones that, that took the body away and mm. buried it. Because because you can easily go and check. You can easily go to, you know, Scott Morrison. You can go to Pauline Hanson. You know, any, any of your favorite MPs um, and say, did you actually do this? Um, and then they would either say, you know, yes or no. If you fabricated, they would say no. So so this means that you, you've got a strong line of evidence that is not fabricated. It actually was laid uh, in the tomb. And you also find that in Paul's writings as well. It, it talks about the tomb, Jesus' body being laid in a tomb. So that's the first mm-hmm. line of evidence uh, for um, the, we're building a case for the resurrection. Now, moving to the second line of evidence, we, we find that consistently, once again, in the biographies, we find that on Sunday morning, that Sunday morning down back in history, there was a group of Jesus' women followers who went uh, to the tomb. Now, you can understand that because they, they really loved Jesus. He, he was into healing, and he, he just um, uh, had helped so many people. Mm. He, he was really helping them you know, find, find freedom in life in, in many ways. So that they were emotionally attached to Jesus. So you can understand why they went down. They, they wanted to pay their respects and, um, you know, have some spices to, to prepare the bar- body for, um, you know, a proper burial, which they hadn't had time on Friday afternoon. So, so they, they come down there and these women followers are absolutely shocked because they find the stones roll away from the front of the tomb and the tomb is empty. I mean, this is like the mystery of mysteries, man. What, what happened? To the body, mm. and and they're, they're absolutely surprised. So, so this is a very important piece of of evidence as as well. Now, the the important thing to also understand is that the the Bible and the biographies refer to the fact that it was women followers uh, that found the tomb first. Now, in in our society, women have the same. Uh, standing as as men, so so also mate, you, you know no better than, than Michelle or Jasmine. Unfortunately, sorry to say that. Uh, Unfortunately, and, uh, no, that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that. So the fact is this: is that we live in a society where we're equal with women. Women have the same votes, mm-hmm. uh, which is fantastic. So Lawson, you know, um, Jasmine, you could go to court and people would take you seriously. But the fact is, this is this hasn't been the same down through history. Uh, down through history, uh, women were um, not put on the same kind of level. And in fact, in that society back then, um, if you went to court um, because they saw women as more emotional and all that kind of stuff, which you know is um, is not true in the objective sense, um, 
and from the sense of law and and court, um, what it means is that they wouldn't take the account of women seriously. So, put it this way: if if we were writing a a story, if we were fabricating this um, this story here, we wouldn't use the facts. We wouldn't write that women followers found the term empty. Mm. We would have we would have said it was Peter or James or John, mm. you know, the big wigs kind of thing. So once again, this indicates that this is genuine uh, history recorded what was happening. Because if they if it wasn't, they would have written it in a different kind of way. So those are the strategies learned to build. So it's a case kind of building it. Uh, in your guys' minds? Yeah, fully, fully. Yeah. Oh, man, we're, you're talking about so much amazing information that we're, we're quickly running out of time. We've got about two and a half minutes left. Um, okay. What's something else we can jump into? Okay, so, so let me run through the evidence quickly. So then, after that, there was multiple people who experienced Jesus alive again. They saw appearances mm. of him. Now, of course, typically you'd say, okay, well, that was hallucinations or you know, just emotional kind of thing. But the thing is, there was individuals, uh, there was two of them on the road to Emmaus, there was a whole group of them, there was 500. Now, the key things here is hallucinations do not occur in groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in the group doesn't have the same hallucination. So, um, more powerful evidence that Jesus actually rose back to life. And then, um, after that, Jesus' disciples uh, started preaching, he, Jesus rose back to life. Mm. And they had no reason to believe that other than he actually did. And they were willing to go to their death. So they're willing to be martyred. Mm. Now, if you, if you know something is false, so if you stole the body and, um, and then you just made up a story, if you, if someone says, okay, I'm going to kill you for it, you do a big U-turn. You reverse your, your position. Yeah. So these, these guys were so, they were so committed. Yes, Jesus rose, uh, rose, risen back to life. And they're willing to die for it. And here's another point. They're willing to face death. Why? Because they've seen Jesus uh, raised back to life. Mm-hmm. So all of this evidence points to the fact that Jesus rose back to life. And that is clear evidence that God um, exists as well. Because God raised back um, Jesus back to life. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That is Awesome. That is so good. I think it's something that's especially compelling, like when you talked about 500 people, is when you have yeah. 500 people who have all seen Jesus um, and that, yeah. that are all giving a testimony of Jesus. Uh, well, firstly, that's too many people to to for some kind of collusion or conspiracy to have yeah, occurred yeah. because 500 is just, yeah, too many. Um, but secondarily, yeah. then Paul makes the point in Corinthians, like, oh, yeah, and you can go and talk to him today. Like, you yeah. have all these first-hand um, witnesses of the event. Um, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just um, amazing, the, you know, the way that we have the ability to prove something that happened 2,000 years ago. And why do we have that ability? Well, because it really did happen, and God wants us to know that it happened. Um, yes. Sven, thank you so much for chatting with us this morning um, about this amazing, amazing, incredible topic. We hope, are we going to see you on Friday? Um, you talk to your talk to your studio manager, and um, uh, you never know. I might be able to join you. Oh, oh, please, hey. please, please come for our final show on Friday. Sven, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we're going to continue on with the show. Have a good day. See ya. Yeah, thanks, Lawson. Thanks, Jasmine. All right, uh, continuing on right now. This is Carter and Carter with somebody bigger than you and I.
mountain Who made the tree Who made the river Flow to the sea And who hung the moon In the starry sky Somebody bigger Than you and I Who makes the flowers Bloom in the spring Who writes the song for The robin to sing And who sends the rain When the earth is dry Somebody bigger than you and I He lights the way when the road is long He keeps you company And with his love to guide you Beside you Just like He walks with me When I am weary Filled with despair Who gives me courage To go on from there And who gives me faith That will never die Somebody bigger Than you and I Like me, at some time you have asked these questions. Does God exist? Is there anyone out there? And is God for real? As an atheist for years, my answer to those questions was no. But since then, I've had to reconsider the evidence. Evidence that points to a God of reason, science, love, and hope. I'm inviting you to discover these answers for yourself in my exciting new series entitled, Is God for Real? You can hear Peter Watts starting Saturday, October 19, 7 p.m. Erin a room at Erin Affair. That is Saturday, October 19, 7 p.m. Erin a room at Erin Affair. 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I came to church a beggar and found I have a saviour, so Anna Beden. Hallelujah. And Kemi Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as two of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413-122-348 now to book your seat. Is great. 